Braves, Bulldogs, Falcons, Yellow Jackets, Hawks, Eagles. From the heart of Georgia, it's the Bill Shank Show. Happy Friday and welcome to our broadcast. I'm Bill Shanks with Skip Seda. Here we are broadcasting from the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame Museum where tonight it'll be the jacket ceremony for the 2024 inductees. And then uh, tomorrow here at the Hall of Fame it'll be the Fan Fest that'll be going on from 1 until 2.30. And then the big ceremony tomorrow night at the Macon City Auditorium. But we've got a uh, fun show lined up. We are going to have Paul Johnson on our broadcast today. He is the former head coach at Georgia Southern and Georgia Tech. And uh, if the traffic works out, we will have Brian McCann as well and maybe Claude Felton. It's kind of hard to juggle everybody around, but we're going to try our best. We know Coach Johnson is going to be here in the 4 o'clock hour, and we we'll look forward to that. Skip Roo, what you up to? Man, just glad I glad I made it. I got caught in that same traffic. It's bad. Friday afternoon Atlanta traffic, huh? Well, it's wreck in Forsyth. Oh Lord! And uh, just had everything dead stopped. You know, been mm. missing, missing uh, coming over here to talk to you. It's been a while. I know it. Yep, good to have you here. And we uh, always have fun with the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame ceremony, and it's going to be another great event. And uh, really, just can't wait for. Uh, everything to kind of unfold and for it to to um, it's going to be great. It's really going to be a, a fun weekend. We've got Brian McCann, as we said, the former Braves catcher. Most games by any catcher in Atlanta Braves history. Really, even with the trade, that is surprising. Even with him going to, even with him going to New York, and three three years in New York, two in Houston, Houston. and back to Atlanta. He has the most games. I, he he beat he beat Joe Nolan by that much. <laughs> well, I'm when kidding. you said it, I was trying to think. Wait a minute now. Who has been there very long? And I guess uh, you know he's just ahead of Javi. He and Javi are like well, that's what one I was. Two. That was one that came to mind. I, yeah. Because um, nobody else. I mean, even Joe Torre, as good as he was, he was not there very long. No, no. Know? And and now this is for Atlanta. Of course, Joe was there. I think for the first. Two years, and then they trading for Orlando. Or well, no, he was there for the he was there for the '69 season, wasn't he? I think he was. I don't know. You were there, you old fart. Don't eight. you remember? No, I was seven. Well, that's okay. I remember Watergate. Um, <laughs> I don't know who was there. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, is that typical of all teams, or is that just the? I mean, the only one I can think of that's been there forever, like Pudge Rodriguez. You know, yeah, Texas. Uh, Yadier Molina. Yeah, Molina. Well, I think everybody's going to have someone like that. But I mean, catcher. You know, th- you think about Brian was there for nine years and Hobby for about ten. I mean, they were about the same amount of time, you know. That, and, I mean, that seems excessively long for any catcher, though, yeah. when I'm trying to think about oh, it. Oh, so, yeah. Well, Johnny Bench, you know, but that was definitely an exception to the rule. Have you seen the Johnny Bench uh, documentary on MLB Network? No, but I've seen him grab all the baseballs, hamburgers or whatever on the commercial he's on now. But He had – he had um, – so, Brian McCann had 10 seasons as the Braves' primary catcher, but he has the most games at the position in the history of the Atlanta Braves. And he is, as far as statistically, as far as Atlanta Braves' leaders overall, not just catcher now, fifth in doubles, sixth in at-bats, sixth in RBI, seventh in hits, eighth in games, eighth in home runs, 29th in stolen bases, which is extremely important to him. And... um 
so yeah, I mean, he had a, just a tremendous. What if he'd have had any speed at all? Well, the funny thing about this, I'm giving away part of my speech here. Do you know who didn't even come close to Brian McCann when it came to stolen bases in Atlanta Braves history? I'm going to make a guess, and it's not a catcher. Frank Hoare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, he wasn't That's there as right. long either, but still. He was not. No, Brian McCann played in 416 more games than Jeff, but he's got seven more stolen bases. McCann does? Because Jeff just started running like he had a corn cob up his ass about 2007. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, yeah, he's got he's got Brian McCann's got 23 stolen bases in his career. Now, how 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 disability? How much disability did the catchers in the National League have to have have for that to happen? <laughs> 23 stolen bases for Brian McCann. Uh, That's a miracle. If they drop the ball, it's not considered a steal if it's too far away, is it? I mean, no, so no, I'll tell you, these had to be know. legitimate. I mean, what do they do? Hit the catcher, hit the pitcher in the head with the ball and throwing it to yeah. second? Or now here's the here are the Hall of Famers now for for this year. Sharif Abdurrahim. This is a very don't even think about this it. This is a very diverse class to me. I mean, well, we're all about diversity. When we see him. When we see him. I want to ask him what he's, how he's going to spend his Easter. You're going to do it tonight. You're going to embarrass me. I'm going to hit you. I'm going to hit you right in the middle of the atrium <laughs> out there. Wendy White, a tennis player. Eric Berry. And then we have the University of Georgia. No, I'm sorry. Then we have Paul Johnson. I got two pages on Paul. I got I got a lot to say about you Paul Johnson. You shortened it up. No, I, I got two pages on him. Chris Carpenter, Thomas Davis, who will hit you. I, I wanna, I'm going to ask Thomas Davis. Thomas Davis, University of Georgia uh, star, who went on to be in the NFL for a long time. He's from – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to quiz you about this. Go ahead. He, no, you don't know what I'm going to ask you. Okay. He's from Shelman, Georgia. Do you know where Shelman, Georgia is? Yeah. I went to school in Cuthbert. He was born a year after I left Cuthbert. I know exactly where Shelman is. So Cuthbert is in, is it in Randolph or Clay? Randolph. But it was Randolph Clay. Right, because they're so small. And they built a new high school kind of right on the county line. And it was a super nice high school. My paternal grandmother is from from um, Cuthbert. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. They probably still remember because there well, was only like ten people there. Yeah, I know. But um, and you know, that's the Bobby Dews area over there. Yes, it is. Because Bobby and I discovered we were cousins. We just made that up. I mean, we. <laughs> but I, I did not know where Shelman, Georgia, was. Yeah. I had to. Well, I had see, to check I lived. On that. I lived. I, I was on the radio. First time I was on the radio was in Eufaula, which is a thirty-minute drive from Cuspert. Okay. And my daddy's neighbor in Eufaula was one of the football coaches at Randolph Clay, and he wrote a column in the Columbus Ledger. But the football staff got in trouble because they would sit in the uh, coach's office, and the deer would come. Uh, graze in the end zones and they would shoot them during school during school they would shoot the deer clean them and they would have meals for the football team and they somebody turned them in and the uh you might be a redneck the game yep. warden, the game warden gave him a ticket yeah i would think so claude felton who you know retired in the last yeah, month I know. Well, how old is claude he's 75 yeah but he doesn't look any different. He did when he was 45, 30 years ago. He looks like he's looked as long as I've known him. And Brian McCann. That's a pretty good group. Yeah. Pretty good group. So we got, uh, we'll got we have a good time with that and, and have uh, fun. And hopefully 
Coach Paul Johnson and Brian and at the least uh, those two and, and hopefully maybe Claude as well. He's going to try to get here, and, and we look forward to that. But always a good group. Now, Claude is just – and I don't know nearly as well as you do, but he's like just this – he is the encyclopedia oh, yeah. of Georgia knowledge. Yeah. So I may leave while he's here. <laughs> but, uh, you better thank him for all the time he allowed you to go in the stadium. Well, thank you for the – you know – for the potted meat. Well, and we can't, <laughs> we can't, um, we can't suck up to him anymore because we, you know. Well, there's no need. <laughs> I, I called Claude last year. I said, Claude, why'd you send me a different parking pass? Is this 22 or 23? <laughs> no, it was 2022. I said, Claude, I've parked there since 2005. Why did you give me a new parking pass? He said they built a building on top of your parking lot. I said, you're kidding. Same thing happened to me at Tech. Yeah? Oh, yeah, right across the street with that yeah. little empty lot? Well, you knew that one was going to yeah, last. man. It lasted about six years, though. That was an expensive piece of property. Oh, that was sure. such a great spot. Yeah, you're right across the street from the thing. Well, we had a good spot, too, in Athens because we, oh, we had our tailgate good, spot. Yeah. You know, we got to suck up somebody else to get a better spot now. Who replaced him? We, they don't have a replacement. I heard it was Tony Schiavone was going <laughs> to take it. Oh, God. Tony Schiavone is probably why he retired. Couldn't <laughs> deal with that crap anymore. No, uh, Claude's uh, uh, unbelievable, and, and I love Claude. He's helped me out. I mean, you just pick up the phone and call him yeah. if you need him. I mean, he hasn't been able to get Kirby on the show, so he's not that good. But still, <laughs> Maybe the new guy can help you out. I'll tell him. I'll say, you know, you were, if you if you could have gotten Kirby on the show, I might have thought you were pretty good. But uh, You could have been in a year ago. That's right. We got in earlier. But, <laughs> no, Claude's great, and he's the, the best. Believe me, me and Skipper have dealt with um, – I mean, I, I I went in one day in Athens. I said, Claude, do you think you could apply for the job as the Braves Media Relations Director? <laughs> Because we've had issues with some of those it's, people. It's like some of them, it just, I don't know, if it, it's its like they think they're the club president and they're. Oh, yeah. They're doing you a favor. Yeah. You know, it's its like. Claude, Claude Felton did people favors, but he never made you feel like he was doing you a favor. Well, a lot of them act like you're not doing something for them by covering their team. Yeah. When their job is really to have people covering their team favorably. Yeah. So if somebody treats you well you know it's not supposed to be like that but if somebody treats you well you're going to look more favorably on that team That's you know what you think yeah, but yeah. We've, we've had a couple of horse faces that work for the braves and both of them are gone and and uh, we're very glad but anyway um we'll have that uh, later on in the program um so my notes are on my computer and they're gone so I can tell you that Georgia Tech. Oh, I wanted to talk to you about that. So Georgia Tech plays basketball tomorrow at Miami yeah. at six o'clock, I believe. Miami's not having that good of a year, but Tech is struggling, and they got blown out by Clemson the other day. We're talking about men's basketball now. We'll talk about baseball in a minute. But the um, after being defeated by I think twenty four points, eighty one fifty seven on Wednesday, yep. and the coach came out and said uh, that they quit pretty much in the second half and uh, you sent me a, a, a little message about how um, he also said something along the lines of uh, when I get my guys up here it's just going to be different I'm just telling you and that didn't sit well with you no tell me why uh, I'd go really pissed off how about that instead of not just sitting well he ran off players so he could get his guys in there you know what kind of players did he run off? Um, he ran one off that went to Georgia. Um, he was like 
I can't remember his name now. You know him about names. But he was a very good ball player, and he wanted to go to Tech. He went to Tech. He's a hell of a player, and now he's at he's at Georgia. Um, oh, you mean the the blue kid, the, yes. the shooter? Yes, that was coming to Tech, and yes. then he, just he was went coming to, to Tech, and he told him, "Blue, my boy, Blue, we really don't have a place for you here." Okay, and he still wanted to come to Tech. Instead, he went to Georgia. So that was strike yeah. to me. Um, you know, he's got Undongo, he's got George, who nobody thought George was going to be any good. Heck, he's he's unbelievable. You know, and I've been thinking for the last couple of weeks, these guys aren't going to be here next year because the way the team has played, and I know first-year coaches have to get their own people in there, just like he said. Right. But even if that's true, you don't say it. What are you, what are you telling these kids? Okay, you're, you're going to be out of here. You suck. Leave. You know, you don't do that. And it really, it set me off badly. But, you know, that, 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 what's interesting about it, I think, Skipper, is that he's not taking accountability. No, uh, you're right. I mean, he did He did say that's on me when he talked about them quitting. But um, I think what was is interesting about that situation is that the, their college sports in general, I'll say college sports, not just basketball or football, is, is a one-year thing now. And it's like, New coaches have an interesting responsibility because most of the time they come in like he did because someone else didn't do the job very well, Yeah. right? So Pastor, Josh Pastor didn't do well enough. He got replaced, and boom, he's gone. And here comes Damon Stoudemire, which and I was reminded yesterday he did. He was a coach at Pacific out west. And he wasn't great. And he wasn't very good, but he was a named player. They were obviously trying to work on that. I don't know how many kids in the south know about Damon that Stoudemire. That was my thing. He was a named player. In Ten Portland, years ago. In Portland, yeah. Not here. Not like they hired Dominique no. or Sharif Abdul-Rahim. Exactly, like you know. But but isn't it almost – are we going to have more instances like this where those type of comments may be made by a coach because they don't really give a damn if the players are there or not? They're going to change them out anyway. I hope not. Even if it's reality, you don't have to say stuff like that. I know. You know? And I think it hurts you even with the players that you would like to keep. I agree. Um, so – you know, it was a bad thing for him to say, and hopefully somebody admonished him, but I doubt that they did. Uh, the thing is, if you've watched this team, and, you know, I watch them, I watch them all the time, uh, I watched that game. Did they quit <sighs> in the second half? They couldn't shoot, I'll tell you that. But this team has had some very big wins, very big wins. But that makes it even more exactly. weird, I, doesn't I've it? I've been saying for weeks this is the most schizophrenic basketball team i've ever seen in my entire life but if you look at the wins you know they've got one thing in common he coached during the wins during the wins he would show a little fire he would get them over there and he would get in their face and it wasn't it was not an it wasn't a paul jones in your uh, paul jones paul johnson in your face right it was a look at me you know look at me i'm pointing at you i'm pointing at the court i'm pointing at this guy what to do you know, he he seemed to me in every one of those wins when it got tight to be coaching. You talking about who quit at Miami? He quit at Miami. He quit because he was not coaching. When the timeout was called, he just you know say something. He's very lackluster. Had his arms crossed on his chest, and that's what I've noticed 
in all of the games that I thought we had a shot at, he did the same thing. His hmm. body language was the same, and it was like, y'all go play, you know, and – Y'all figure it out. Y'all figure it out. You know, it's like you're a shooter, go shoot. Mm -hmm. You know, instead of let's let's create something for him. And mm -hmm. I, you know, they made a joke the other day on the on the broadcast with uh with uh against with Clemson and said uh well you know he wasn't much on passing the ball. He was a shooter, which was true. Mm -hmm. So if you don't. If you have a complete shooter's mentality, and I'm not saying he does have a complete shooter's mentality, they don't care. They shoot the ball, and they expect you to shoot the ball. You know, you, you know, your your non-shooting guard, somebody like that, to me would would be a better choice for coach. You would think. I'm not saying he doesn't know basketball because you know basketball is strategy is not my thing, but some somehow when it's it's like when he decides I'm going to coach this team. The team wins, hmm. and whenever he just, you know, you just go out there and, and play, you know, street ball, we lose. And uh, I, I do not believe Nadongo or George. I don't think they're coming back. And but is that good or bad? That's bad. Those are those are good players. So they do can, you think he can get the players he's referring to in that will make this program better? I doubt it. And the reason I doubt it is he got a lot of he. Like, he let Blue go. He let these guys go, and he got people in off the portal. So where does he think he's going to get these mythical my players? Mm. He's going to have to get them from somewhere else? Mm. Well, guess what? They're on the scholarship now. You can't talk to them. So if, if they, they are. They are talking to them. But, but then you know what's going on. That's a violation waiting to happen. I know. You but know? you know what's going on. So if they do come off the portal and they come here, if they're if they're the players he wants, there are programs out there with more proven coaches and better records yeah. that you would think more talented players would go to, instead of this, you know this. And you know I love my, my Yellow Jackets, but yeah. just being brutally honest. Well, and we did have a couple of people. Alex uh, back at the station, who's a Tech fan, and then another Dino on on Twitter who said he. You know, he he they they kind of liked what he said. That they he thought they thought it was necessary. They thought no. that that it was. Um, I think I think it's easier when a team stinks to say, well, maybe the coach needed to say something like that to get them going. I don't know if that's going to get the team going. If I mean, they're eleven and sixteen. They're not very good. If you're going to say that, you say that after they're gone. And once you get in the next guys, and guess what that does? That lights a fire into those guys like, hey, he really wanted me. I'm here because he wanted me. I'm one of his guys. And guess what else it does? It lights a fire under him because yeah. now he's made the statement, these are my guys. This is my year. Yeah. You know? So I think it was completely the wrong thing to say, and I will be glad to debate that with anybody for as long as they want to. You know, it's just uh, you say that about these are my guys. I just don't know if coaches are going to be able to have the ability and the right to say these are my guys because of the revolving door that's going to go on in college athletics. Well, I you think, know what I mean? I think these are my guys, and the the unsaid part is for the next eight months. Yeah, you know, yeah, and that pretty much thing. goes for any sport out there. Yeah. You know, I mean, heck, girls basketball the same way. 
No, no, uh, no, no. It's it's uh it is crazy. It's different. But you saw where um, yesterday Nick Saban and I did not get a chance to read the article said something about that he wanted to become the voice of common sense for you know the NCAA. I'm thinking, well, hurry up. No, no. You know, I don't know if he can even do something like that though. I don't know if I don't know if there's any one person. I mean, he can do it better than you and I. He can say things that will carry more weight more than you and I. But I don't know because of the legalities of everything, plus the NIL differences in the states, that's what's going on, that that once the NCAA didn't do their job, the states did their job, and now you got 50 perhaps different regulations of how to deal with NIL. Well, what he can do is what you just said, and he can come up with the ideas that could do it, yeah. you know. But the solution to this has got to be legislative, and it's got to be at the national level. God help us. And, you know, they can't even keep the border closed. How the heck are they going to keep I these know. kids going? Into, you know, I don't either. And if you, if you just look at legality, and, you know, I'm not a lawyer, but if you just look at legality, you should not legally, I don't think you can keep these kids from having every other right to their name, image, and likeness and their ability to change schools that any other kid has, except for the fact that they sign a grant and aid and that scholarship. And once you sign that scholarship, you're 18 years old, you know, you should be able to trade that stuff for education. And if you don't want to do it, then do something else. Find another way to the NFL. Yeah. Go to a trade school. Learn to work on air conditionings, you know. But that's the the thing they they gave them more rights than sure. the average student. Oh, they got me. more leverage than anything. And that's just you know, yes, the school. Well, they have always it. had more rights than a regular student. They have, but they traded other things right. for those rights. They they, they get and, those rights because of a of a of something they do. Right, but now they get to not. There's no trade. The only thing the school gets is game day pretty much right. you know and that's you know that's just not right. if if you're 18 years old and you sign any other contract you got to stick to it yeah it shouldn't be any different with well, that, that's why i would love to know about what's the term on these deals they sign with the nil i think they're one year well but i mean what if what's this, who's to say you can't have a two-year deal who's to say i can't say to a skip say to playing at remember now. Wait, well, I, let me hold on. Oh, go ahead. Wait, who's to say I can't say to five star skip say to Lamar County? Georgia Tech may give you one year. I'm going to give you a two year deal. I mean, it could happen, right? I mean, I can, I'm going to give. You're a five star. You're going to stay here. I want you here all three years. I don't want you to leave. I'm going to give you a three year deal. Then you can go right to the NFL, but you can't leave, and I can't run you off. And you're going to get this, 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 and that. You know that's coming. Well, it should. You know, I mean, it should be coming. But I don't I don't know what the you – know, Depends look, on the regulations. Paul Johnson could not coach today. Probably the best thing they ever did was for him yeah. was, you know, him retiring. Because it's, it's a rough deal right now for coaches. It is. I don't know how they do it, to be honest with you. Nope. We're going to take a break, come back. We'll talk a little bit about the Braves. We know who's pitching tomorrow for the first Braves game for the first exhibition game. Uh, Scarecrow will be here for one more segment, then he's going to go run and get CPJ, who will join us at 4 o'clock. So we're at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Let me remind you now, tomorrow, 1 o'clock, here at the museum, all of the Hall of Famers will be 
will be signing autographs, and we don't know yet about John Smoltz. He might be here too, but uh, we will let you know if we find that out during the show today. But all the other Hall of Famers will be here, and we hope you'll come get their autographs, say hello, and uh, have a good time here at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame on Cherry Street in downtown Macon. With Skip Seda, I'm Bill Shanks. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show. Welcome back to the show here. Bill and Skipper on the radio on this Friday afternoon. I wanted to mention the list of people who will be at the Fan Fest tomorrow. Sharif Abdurrahim, one of this year's inductees. Tony Barnhart. Eric Berry, one of this year's nominees, or inductees, rather. Jackie Bradford, Bobby Bryant, Chris Carpenter, and Thomas Davis, two of this year's inductees. The great Hugh Durham, Claude Felton, uh, Terry Moody-Hancock, Steve Holman, Jim Hughes, former coach at Colquitt County, CPJ, Brian Jordan's going to be here. Called, talked to him earlier today. He's coming. Roger Kaiser. Brian McCann, George Patton, Adrian Peterson. All you Georgia Southern fans need to come see Adrian Peterson. Ron Reed's coming back, which that's great. That is good. Randy Rhino. You know oh, him? I love Randy. Uh, Jimmy Robinson. Oh, man. Coach Jimmy. I've Last year or year before, I think it was last year. I sat, oh, my God. You about had a conniption. I sat down. And you, about I, had a, you about peed in your pants. I sat down, and he said something, and I looked, and I said, I said, you're Jimmy. You're Jimmy Rob. I almost. I you about almost, peed your pants. I did, man. It, it was, it was like when we met Steve Barkowski. I was tongue tied, you know. <laughs> and that you talking about who should have been the coach? That man should have been our coach. And do you know Georgia Tech did not even call him, and he made it known he wanted the job. Politics. <sighs> um, Phil Schaefer from the Brit- David Letterman Show. Brit- Brenda Clyatt Thomas and Wendy White. So there you go. And maybe, hopefully, John Smoltz. I'm not saying that to get people to come, but we just don't know yet about John Smoltz at the Fan Fest. So there's nothing we can do but tell you that. We don't know. We don't don't know yet. We're hopeful. We're hopeful. It says hopefully on the list. So that's all we can say. Um, all right, uh, Georgia baseball playing today. They're four and zero. Georgia Tech baseball playing today. They're four and zero. Both teams have outscored the competition <laughs> like by thirty runs. It's ridiculous. Georgia's got two straight shutouts, which is I think the most breaking news because when's the last time Georgia or Georgia Tech, for that matter, had a shutout in yeah. college baseball? Have you watched any of it? No, I, have, I mean I've listened to we've had the games, the Georgia games on here with Jeff and David, but. I mean, they're you know they got a new coach and they're they're scoring a lot of runs, yeah. and that's great. Well, but they're obviously they're pitching, pitching well too. Though. They're pitching well too, absolutely, and yeah, I mean they are. So um, that's great. I love the what you sent me that earlier. What day is the baseball? I, I can't even remember. Um, Skipper sent me a thing about the um, uh, Georgia Georgia Tech game coming up, and let's see what let's it see says. That. March first. Well, hell, it's next weekend. That's next weekend. That's okay. next Friday. So they're in Atlanta on Friday, and then they must be in Athens on Saturday, and then they go to Gwinnett on on Sunday. Well, I've got to be in Fort Lauderdale on Sunday, but I could go to Atlanta on Friday. I think it would be a lot of fun. 
I love we've, we've watching talked it. about going and I love doing watching that. It. We talked about it before, you know. Uh, and the thing about it is, if, if you've never taken, if you got a kid and you've never taken your kid to see a college baseball game, oh, Mercer, anybody. Mercer. Uh, but people love the Mercer games. You're right there. Yeah. And at Tech in Georgia, it's not that much different. You know, no. you're right there. Oh, yeah. And they're both good stadiums. Yeah, they are. And uh, we need to talk about that. It's, 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 uh, it's fantastic, and I'm so glad that more people are watching it. And now, oh yeah, you know you can you can literally watch every single game. Well, that's going to be kind of unfortunate, really, because y'all may be undefeated. We may sweep your ass, and then y'all be going to be complaining about how bad of a team y'all. Well, are. if if we sweep you, I guess the new and the new director will be like the old one and won't put it in there. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah, we may need to talk about that. That may be that may be kind of fun if we can get sure. some of them to. Some to come up there and talk to us or something. But anyway, um, college baseball is off to a good start. Uh, Mercer, I think they're three and one. They're playing this weekend. Um, Georgia Southern's going to Mississippi State for some dumb reason. <laughs> I don't know why, but good luck on, on that. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. All right, the Braves are going to play tomorrow at Tampa Bay, that stadium we went to right before the pandemic. Remember? <laughs> Uh, on that Saturday night, then we found a great steakhouse. Yep, and then the next day – And I got was, a car to that steakhouse somewhere. The next day it was like, go home. Go home. Yeah, I mean, it really was. We, we, Skipper and I were there in 2020, March of 2020, and we started hearing things. I remember driving over there because I met you over there. And I remember when I was driving over there, my mother called me and said, they just sent a Boston Red Sox minor leaguer home. And that was the first time I heard COVID com- connected to baseball because it was like, and I think it was a foreign player, but the foreign player had come from wherever he was from and they were worried that he had brought the coronavirus with him to the camp and it was going to infect everybody. That was the first time I heard, I mean, we started to hear it, you know, late February about mm, what's going on. And then I'll never forget that I was driving over there from, from Northport to wherever that was. The storm blew it off the map last year, the two years ago. And then all of a sudden it was like, wow. And then we watched that game, and then, that, then we were going to come back. And, but, yeah, we went home and we were like, well, it's over, you know. But, but anyway, uh, they'll be playing at Tampa Bay, and then they'll host Boston on, on um, Sunday. And tomorrow the first pitcher will be Spencer Strider. He will be on the mound for Atlanta. And according to the notes here, the first baseman will be Marcel Azuna. <laughs> so the manager's obviously hitting the booze early in the year. <laughs> He's got Marcel Azuna. No, you know, Marcel was at first base of the day taking some grounders. Well, I, And I think you got to have that, right? Yeah, he, he needs to be able to do that. And I think he's played it once or twice in the past. Yeah, you know, I think so. But, you know, I don't think he's going to be your everyday first baseman and i really don't see our particular first baseman taking a break no you know but unless- you know I, th- I, th- I think what this is is okay sitting around a table like this where skipper and i are sitting at a big board table and they're probably sitting down there at times over the next six weeks and say okay matt olsen gets hurt and out for three months what do we do yeah ozzy albies gets hurt and out for three months what do we do it goes around the diamond and and they have that conversation okay if so-and-so gets hurt, what do we do? And to me, Marcel is just another option for you that you would plug in there if he could do it and if he could do it well. 
and see if he could help out in that situation. See, what a great conversation to be able to have other than the ones that we grew up with, which is what if our first baseman sucks like we think he is? What do we do? You know, you're trying to, you're trying to cover for an MVP type of caliber player, mm-hmm. you know, so that's just a whole different set of first world problems. You mean like 40 years ago, you didn't like the, well, if Chris Chambliss gets hurt, it's Bob Watson's turn. <laughs> Even though I love Bob Watson. Bob Watson. You know, it was awesome. Oh. Eddie Perez is going to be the backup catcher. Yeah, I, I I think that's what this is about. And in spring training, you do stuff like that. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it's good. And it just – I think it kind of shows, if you look at it, the wealth that the Braves have. Mm-hmm. You know, with everything else that everybody did in the off season, And I still see so many people picking them to be in the World Series. You know, so. Yeah. And I saw your article the other day in the Athens Banner Herald. Did you? Awesome. Yeah. And um That's about the third time I've written that type of article about Max Freed, you know. That. Yeah, I know. And <laughs> I don't know if I could I don't know if I could spend that money on him. Oh man, you got I mean, to. <sighs> Who are you gonna give it to? I don't know. But somebody who's not as injury prone. Well I mean, he but but okay, last year last year, first game of the season he messed his hamstring. Then he came back from that. Then he had a little strained forearm situation. That was a problem. Came back from that, then that damn blister. And and look, when if we go to spring training and we see Max Freed, you and I are going to have it. We're going to see him down. First of all, we're going to tell him he needs to come to to go to the steakhouse restaurant. Yeah, he needs to go eat. Yeah, he needs. He and Chris Sell. You know, I said the other day. You know, we need to get Chris Sell and Max Freed to the steakhouse restaurant. And you know, it's, you know especially if it was me and you, it'd be like a before and after thing. But. We need to sit down and tell him, look here, Max, if that blister starts to pop up again, piss on it. If you don't, I will. <laughs> well, you didn't have to go I, there. Hey, I saw the Friends episode. but uh, Well, I mean, it's it, it, Moises Alou did it. Right? I would think if he's still – if he gets to be around the All-Star break and he's not having any problems, he shows he's come back, then I start negotiating with him really, really hard because – I mean, if you've got him and Spencer Strider as your top two, but you can't lose that though, Skipper. That's why you got to keep Max, right? Even well, even if Alex were to justify it by saying, "Well, if Max leaves, we still but, have Spencer." But you know, in the same, I got you know. I think you mentioned it, Strasburg. I mean, good God, that wow. that is going to hold that team back forever. So if oh, you've yeah. got Big time. if you can get Spencer. To a long term, he's already signed up. Yeah, okay, that's right. He is. So you got Spencer on long term. You can take that money and get a. Obviously, you want an ace like him, but if you get a king of clubs instead of an ace of spades for that money, maybe you know you're still doing really, really, really well. I love well. Max. Uh, I love Max. Yeah. Well, Max, Max, Max won you, Game Six of the World Series. He looked like a serial killer. But we also it. we also loved uh, what's the Canadian kid that we finally had to get rid of, Pete uh, Orr. No, you know, no, the pitcher, the the weird name man, Chris Reitzma. S, S. He started with an S. God, you get. We the just got rid of him like three months ago. He kept staying being hurt. Soroka, Soroka, exactly. Yeah, but you I know, think, I don't, I don't, but, but but Max Freed is got the second best ERA in Atlanta Braves history behind Mac, behind Greg Maddox. Three point oh three. Who has that? Well, nobody. I was going to say Greg Maddox, but that's you know, it. And, and the 
the beauty of the two of them, and I just keep going back and forth, him and Spencer throw the ball nothing alike. So there's no, okay, this guy looks like the last guy, so it's going to help me because I saw it the night before. It's not. It's, it is so different that I think that is a huge thing, and it is 340, so I need to go pick up ball. You do, and I can tell everybody that Georgia just had a 10-run inning to start their game off in Athens. Oh, God. It's a good time for me to leave. But offense, <laughs> it, I mean, this is kind of crazy, though. It is. I mean, that, uh, Tech starts later, but, I mean, Georgia just Jeez. had a 10-run first inning, and it's the top of the second inning, and it's 10 nothing dogs. Oh. Balls juiced or the bats juiced? Man alive. The bats are made out of steel. You know what it is? It's a bunch of transfers. It's a bunch of transfers that have absolutely gone crazy. All right, Skipper's going to go get CPJ. Uh, Coach Paul Johnson will have him on at the top of the hour. We're going to take a break, come back with more sports talk. We'll talk a little bit about the Hawks who start back tonight. Oh, whoopee, back right after this. Quarter till top of the hour. Thanks very much. Again, uh, we will have Coach Paul Johnson at the top of the hour. If you're listening on the replay in the 6 o'clock hour, we'll have the Hawks coming up at the top of the hour, Hawks and Raptors. The Hawks are 24-31. and 31. The Raptors are 20-36. and 36. And the Hawks need to win. They are going to start the second part of the season tonight. They have had a week off for the All-Star break. And so we are going to be curious to see what they say. By the way, yeah, Brunswick will have the Hawks game. Uh, we're going to replay the Georgia baseball game. Uh, heck, we just probably replay the first inning. But we're going to replay the Georgia baseball game and then have the Hawks after that. So uh, take note of that if you're out and about tonight. Hawks, though, need to get going. Uh, they're 24 and 31. They're going to have a hard time, I think, because of Kongwu not being able to to play. Uh, that's going to be an issue. As a matter of fact, the projected starter tonight is Bruno Fernando. If that tells you anything. Bruno Fernando has played 18 games, one start, four points per game, 3.1 rebounds per game, and about nine minutes per game. So he's going to probably have to stand in there and play tonight at center. Unless Clint Capella can come back, have not seen anything about that so far. But uh, Clint Capella, of course, has had an abductor strain. He's been out for a while, and the Hawks are going to be without a Kongwu, Onyeka Okongwu, for the foreseeable future because of a big toe issue. And that is unfortunate. Uh, right when you thought, well, okay, let's see what um, – happens with Clint Capella out and what Onyeka Congo can do, then all of a sudden he gets hurt. And it's like, you got to be kidding me. The Hawks just can't get any good luck here. And I, I know talent overcomes luck, but still you have to have a little bit of luck. And they, they've not been able to have a whole lot, to be honest with you. They have had issues. They've had DeAndre Hunter out, of course, at times. Uh, Murray's had to miss a couple of games. Capella's obviously been in and out of the lineup. Um, Bogdanovich probably been about the most healthy player of the year so far, and he was uh, hurt a lot last year. But, you know, I, I think uh, I'm trying not to have a whole lot of expectations when it comes to the Hawks the second part of the season. Uh, part of me wants them to lose so they'll get a better draft pick, to be honest with you. And I don't think they're going to do that because I think they're going to be just as mediocre as they've been in the first part of the year and, and really – um, 
be just mediocre to get into the playoff, uh, the first round of the playoffs, the play into the playoffs, and then get kicked out. Um, could they get hot and do better? Well, I guess they could, and there's no question about that, but I, I just would be really, really surprised. So, anyway, we'll see. We'll see what they do and see how they can come back and, and what the Hawks can can muster here. I mean, they, they've been a tremendous disappointment, and it's um, it's just – I mean, I've watched them a lot. Skip was talking about earlier how he's watched Georgia Tech uh, basketball all year long, and, and – I'm a Hawks fan. I watch the Hawks a great deal as well, and it's tough when they're not above 500. It's for sure. So, anyway, uh, we'll see what they do, and hopefully they can be better in the second part of the season, but I wish I had better faith and confidence in them to be able to do something like that. All right, uh, the the rumors continue to swirl that Dell McGee is going to be the next head football coach at Georgia State. The uh, Panthers are looking for a new head coach after Sean Elliott decided to leave during spring practice, which was pretty bad, and go take the head coaching job, or excuse me, not the head coaching job, the tight ends job at South Carolina. Uh, his family, evidently, Elliot's family, had remained in in um, Columbia, and so therefore he wanted to go back home. So he got an opportunity when Shane Beamer offered him the job as the tight ends coach, and he left. So... Um, Georgia State had to find a head coach and kind of in midstream, especially with the practice already starting as it, as it had. And they evidently focused on two players, Buster Faulkner, the offensive coordinator at Georgia Tech, and also um, Dell McGee. And McGee, from all indications, is going to be the, the new head coach. Now, so a lot of people have discussed, well, why would Dell McGee leave Georgia as the running backs coach and, and go to Georgia State? And with all due respect to Georgia State, um, how good of a job is that? They're obviously a Sun Belt Conference team that uh, has not been able to kind of separate themselves. I mean, it's still a relatively new program, not very old, of course, starting with Bill Curry. And um, is a good job. Is that a good job for, for Del McGee? Well, you know, Del McGee is 50. Del McGee has been at Georgia for eight years. He is not a coordinator. He has not been a coordinator. He has been the running backs coach for all eight years. And you have to wonder with him now 50 years old if Del McGee is like, well, you know, um, will I ever get a chance to be a head coach at a bigger university? You know, I think when a coach gets to be 50 and he's not been a head coach yet at at the level that he wants to be a head coach in, he has to wonder, well, if I continue to wait, will I be too old and it will be too late? Which I know may sound silly, but, you know, coaches are getting head coaching jobs at such an earlier level. Look at Dan Lanning, who is still in his 30s and left Georgia as the defensive coordinator, got the head coaching job at Oregon, and obviously he's done a fine job there and, and decided to remain there, even if Alabama may have knocked on his door. Glenn Schumann is a is a coach, obviously, that's the co-defensive coordinator of the Georgia Bulldogs, or was before Coach Muschamp took a step back. I think Glenn Schumann is going to be a head coach. I think he's thirty; he's in his mid-30s. And Glenn's probably going to get a head coaching job, but he's a coordinator. Coordinators have a seem to have an easier job, or an easier time, rather, of getting that head coaching opportunity. So here's Del McGee, who was a running backs coach, 
and there's nothing wrong with being a running backs coach, but they're not a coordinator. There's no question about the fact that they're not a coordinator. So um, he didn't think probably he was going to get a chance to be a coordinator at UGA. Uh, Kirby has had un- several opportunities to, to hire different offensive coordinators, and, of course, now that Mike Bobo is there, I don't think there's any doubt that Mike Bobo is going to be an offensive coordinator there for a while. And Dale McGee had this opportunity come up. I don't blame him. Uh, I don't know how much more money he's going to make. I think Sean Elliott made in the $800,000 range. I believe that's what Dell McGee was making at Georgia's the running backs coach. I would think, I would hope that they probably tried to get him more money than he was making at UGA. And you just assume that would be the case um, just from a fairness standpoint of, okay, well, this is all we can do. But, you know, we, no, we want to be – fair to you and try to get you more money than what you were making in Athens because the responsibilities are going to be much larger. So you, I don't think this is about money by any means. I, I think it's just about the fact that Del McGee wants to be a head coach. And how many ch- chances and opportunities is he, is he going to get? And if he had waited two more years and he's 52, I mean, you just don't know these days how the perception is of someone even in their 50s in the coaching profession. Um, so I, I think Del McGee is doing the right thing. I really do. I, I think that Del McGee is, is, um, is, is, is a good coach. He's an excellent recruiter. And I think he has, um, a chance to go to Georgia state and kind of do his own thing and see how he, how he works out. And, you know, he may not like it for all we know. He's, he was a head coach at Carver in Columbus for, a good many years and had great success there with a lot of recruits that came through his program in the high school level. But, you know, those coaches who want to take that next step and be a head coach have probably a timeline in their head. He may think after eight years at Georgia, whether it was Georgia or some other school, that it's like, well, if I don't, it's, it's going to be too late. And I know that's hard to believe for someone who's only 50, but you just don't know what's going through someone's mind. And then he's thinking, well, am I ever going to be a coordinator? Well, probably not at Georgia with Mike Bobo back because Bobo's probably not going to leave. So I, I, I hope Del McGee does finalize this deal and does get the opportunity. I'm anxious to see what he can do. I think Georgia State obviously is kind of behind the eight ball because they're, they're not Georgia Southern. They're not Georgia Tech right there in, in Atlanta. And it's maybe going to be a harder sell, but there's no question that Dale McGee has done a great job of recruiting at Georgia, and we'll see how he can do if he gets that job at Georgia State. So we'll keep an eye on that. And, of course, if that happens, Kirby Smart's going to have to go get someone else to be a good recruiter and replace uh, Mr. McGee, who is an outstanding recruiter for Kirby over the last eight years. We're the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame. Don't forget, tomorrow at 1 o'clock, the Hall of Famers will be here for the Fan Fest. Your chance to come and to get autographs, get pictures, talk with this year's Hall of Famers, and also a select group of former Hall of Famers as well here at the Hall of Fame on Cherry Street in Macon. You're listening to The Bill Shanks Show.